Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is February 15th. Today we're going to continue on in this week's Come Follow Me block, and we're going to move away a little bit from the Beatitudes, but we're not going to move away from the attributes that Christ is trying to build within us. Now it's so interesting because I once had an institute teacher who was teaching about the Beatitudes, and he drew a staircase on the whiteboard at the front of the room. And each one of these attributes he used as a different stair until we reached the top stair, which was verse 48 of Matthew chapter 5 is, Be ye therefore perfect. And so he was teaching us that each one of these beatitudes, as we adopt it, as we work on it, as we master it, we're taking steps towards being more like Christ, perfect like Christ and perfect in Christ. Now, don't get hung up too much on the perfection aspect yet. On Saturday, we'll talk more about this idea of being perfect and what the Savior actually meant by that command. But it's interesting to note that each one of these beatitudes kind of builds on the one before it. Each one of these attributes takes us one step closer to Christ. And as we work on these Beatitudes, as we work on these characteristics, we begin to change and we become more like him. Now, it's interesting as we move away from the Beatitudes, it's interesting to be like, well, yeah, the Beatitudes, that's everything Heavenly Father wanted us to do. That's everything the Savior wants us to change or do. But the rest of this chapter consists of things that the Savior wants us to do as well. But because it's formatted a little bit differently, sometimes we miss out on the commandments given to us here. But please keep in mind, this chapter is filled with things that we can do and need to do to be more like Christ. But the Savior never meant for us to be perfect at all of these things right away. In fact, he didn't expect us to be perfect at any of these things in this lifetime. Perfection is something that will happen well into the eternities. But as we work on these attributes, as we focus on them, then our hearts are able to change and we are able to become little bit by little bit more like the Savior. So let's jump back in and see what the Savior is asking us to do. Verse 13, it says, ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Now, I love this scripture for multiple reasons. First and foremost, I think it's really important to mention and really important to notice that salt held a special place with the Jews. Remember, the Savior often taught in parables or in symbols that would make sense to the people he was teaching. Here, he's speaking to this audience of Jews, and in Luke, it tells us that there were Gentiles among them as well. But here he's speaking to this audience, and he says, you are the salt of the earth. And they would have understood what that meant, or they would have had a better inclination than we do. In our day, salt is used to make food taste better, right? And it was in that day, too. And I think that there's something we can learn from that aspect. But let's take a look at the Old Testament, and see what place salt held for the children of Israel. As part of the law of Moses, salt was used as part of the meat offering. In fact, in Leviticus and in Numbers, they talk about that salt being the salt of the covenant or the covenant of salt. So salt, as a preservative, represents the covenant between God and Israel. 
So when he says, ye are the salt of the earth, he's saying, you are my covenant people. You are those who have made this covenant. No doubt, a lot of the people who were listening to the Sermon on the Mount were people who had been baptized. Remember, in our chronological order, we know that John the Baptist had been baptizing and that the disciples and the Savior had also been baptizing. And so a lot of the people here who had followed Christ, who had come to sit down and learn, a lot of them were covenant keepers. And so when he says to us, when we apply this to our day, ye are the salt of the earth, he's saying, you are my covenant people. We are bound together through our covenants. But the beautiful thing is, is that in the law of Moses and in their daily life, salt was used as a preservative. It was meant to preserve the meat. And my friends, as covenant-keeping, covenant-making saints of the latter days, we are here partly to preserve God's word, to preserve the gospel of Jesus Christ So what does that mean, preserve the gospel of Jesus Christ? My friends, when you preserve meat, it means you keep it good. So you and I, part of our responsibility as covenant makers and covenant keepers is to make sure that the gospel of Jesus Christ and the church of Jesus Christ stays good. When people that we come in contact with, when people who know us as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, when they leave us, what kind of opinion do they have about the church and about the gospel? Is it good? Are you preserving the name and the legacy of the church for other people? Are you preserving the doctrine of the gospel for other people? One of our duties as members of the church, as covenant keepers, is to preserve, to preserve the word of God, to preserve the truth, to preserve the church of Jesus Christ in these latter days. But the fascinating thing about salt is that it doesn't lose its savor because it's old. They have found salt in super ancient tombs that has been just fine. It does not go bad with age. It goes bad with impurity. When we mix salt with things that are impure, it begins to lose its savor. It begins to lose its ability to preserve. My friends, as we keep our covenants, as we ascend this upward staircase of Christ-like attributes, we increase our ability to preserve truth, to preserve the gospel of Jesus Christ in the eyes of those who surround us. Elder Gibbons once taught, how do we lose our savor? One way is when we stop being different from the world. Many in the church are drifting in the direction of the world and looking and becoming more and more like the world. We must stop drifting. Elder Robert D. Hale said, As Latter-day Saints, we need not look like the world. We need not entertain like the world. Our personal habits should be different. Our recreation should be different. In this day of moral relativism, we must be prepared to take a stand and say, This is right and this is wrong. We cannot follow the crowd. Now, I'm not suggesting, of course, that we move to the wilderness and lock our doors. We can be in the world, go to school, go to work, join worthwhile community organizations, and so forth. But we must hold to the Lord's standards. My friends, when we become too much like the world, we lose our ability to do the work that God has sent us here and preserved us for. 
So let's continue on. Verse 14, it says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I love this scripture, but I love the subtle change that we see in the Book of Mormon when the Savior teaches this to the Nephites. He doesn't just say, you're the light of the world. He says, I give unto you to be the light of this people. My friends, we are like the moon. We are not the light, but we reflect the light. The Savior gave the Nephites the charge to hold up his light, to reflect his light. Remember in John chapter 1, where we see that light is a title for the Savior. He is the light of the world. But my friends, you and I, as the salt of the earth, have the responsibility to hold his light up for all to see. My friends, as we follow the Savior, as we ascend this upward staircase, as we do our best to make and keep sacred covenants with our Father in heaven, the light of Christ that is within us grows and it shines forth for all to see. Elder Uchtdorf once said, every time you turn your hearts to God in humble prayer, you experience his light. Every time you seek his word and will in the scriptures, the light grows in brightness. Every time you notice someone in need and sacrifice your own comfort to reach out in love, the light expands and swells. Every time you reject temptation and choose purity, Every time you seek or extend forgiveness, every time you courageously testify of truth, the light chases away darkness and attracts others who are also seeking light and truth. My friends, it's my testimony that as we do everything that we can to draw nearer to the Savior, to develop Christ-like attributes, to keep our covenants with joy and intensity, as we do those things we will reflect the light of Christ in greater and greater abundance as we reflect that light, as we place that light bright and place it on a candlestick for all to see, we can point others to the Savior as they come unto the light of Christ that they see in us. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.